Welcome to Brothers in the Blood, a podcast about Gladstone Brothers, because there's brothers and there's others. He's always right. What are those for the next All right. What are we called again? Brothers in the Blood? Good work. All right, uh, episode three, Brothers in the Blood. So uh, this week, or month, we should say, because we're in between episodes, we've got Troy Possel. Now, Troy played with Gladstone Brothers starting in 1980 and finished in 2001 from memory. Um, so outlining for Troy is uh, Troy come back for Betty's Wake uh, at the Brothers Shed. Um, it's the first time that I've seen Troy since 2001, I think. So um, without sucking up too, too much, it was sort of one of the ideas that all galvanised me to do the podcast because I forgot Troy existed. And I don't mean that as an insult because everyone moves on with life. So um, we'll start off. Troy Possle. Who is Troy? Uh, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, a bit of a Nigel Nobody. Um, yeah, sort of just played for brothers in 80 accidentally. Um I went and signed up for Valleys because all my mates, Stephen Miller and those guys had all sort of signed up for, for Vals and sort of did the same thing. It was just up here at the Department of Transport, that same road that the chick lived. I went around there and signed up and proudly went home with my shorts and my socks and my, my jersey and all the shit they'd given me and started running around home kicking a footy in the front yard and the old man came out and said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I signed up for Valleys. And he said, like hell. And he... Uh, he said, I played for the fish, he'll play for the fish. So we went back to the place where I uh, signed up and he handed back the gear and we went down to Paul Smith's place from memory and he uh, signed me up there. And yeah, our first season, Michael King, who later went on to become uh, a Gold uh, Ironman champion. His father was our coach. I, think, I can't remember his name. It was either Les or Len King. Yep. He used to work over at QAL. Um, yeah, so we used to go over to Kingy's house that pretty much overlooked QAL. Um and yeah, I think we played, what I mean, West in the grand final. But I um, can't remember whether we won or lost, so we probably lost if I can't remember. That's probably true. Mm. Um, so you played the rest in juniors. You come through, started playing seniors in probably uh, 86, 87? Yeah, under 18s with uh, Dan Daly as coach. Yep. Nick Daly as captain and Sean Dredge as co captain. Yep. We had a pretty good side that year. Um, we went through pretty much undefeated. I think we got to the grand final. We, we won the major semi versus Valleys convincingly. Uh, we had a good support crew that year. Um, we had uh, Dougie Donut, Burnett. We had um, uh, Berkey, yep. Snitso sort of hanging around the dressing room and giving us a hand, and Paul Smith and Betty obviously doing, yep. doing what they do. Um, the night before the grand final, because we had the week off, went down, went, went straight through. And I think Valleys had to play Tannum to see who met us in the grand final. Valleys beat Tannum. And I think we went down to Dan's place down at Boyne Island. We watched Rocky videos and we <laughs> listened to uh, Eye of the Tiger. And and then on the morning of the grand final, we went around to Dougie Burnett's place and had the, the barbecue breakfast sort of thing, bacon and eggs and all that sort yep. of stuff. And I think we, we kind of went to the ground with a, a feeling that we were just going to turn up and win because um, I think Valleys turned up with, 13 players or 11 players, something like that. They were, they were very underdone. And they came to our dressing room and knocked on the door and asked Dan if they could borrow some players uh, for a grand final because they were a bit short. 
anyway, we laughed at him and said, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, and I think they ended up fielding 13, no reserves whatsoever. And uh, they beat us convincingly. And we had 17. It's just one of those things that I think they turned up mentally prepared and we kind of turned up thinking we were just going to win. Yeah, I had a few grand finals like that too where you just, everything you went, everything you did went the wrong way and you, you basically thought you were going to win. Yep. Um, and then suddenly you get behind and you can't get back and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, we were playing catch-up footy from the start in that one. So, yeah, looking back, at uh, we had a really good preparation. Yep. But I think we just turned up thinking we were just going to turn up and win. Yep. So... Any other grand finals that you can sort of remember? Or um, played in quite a few. Um, I think I won three or four with brothers over my years. Yep. Um, but we, I think I, I played in more that we lost, unfortunately. Uh, especially the extended league. Yep. Rocky brothers were always sort of uh, at the end of the line when we went up to Rocky to, to play in the grand finals up there. I think the, the few that I played in the extended league, it was always Rocky brothers that sort of knocked us off. But they just had a oh, very well drilled. Uh, well-oiled side sort of thing and uh, yeah just too good for us on the day unfortunately but uh, yeah look the ones that we won I think Mad Monday was certainly a lot better celebrated after you won yeah. one the um, shout out David Hearn classic Rocky Brothers player but it'd be interesting to go back because I if I take out probably juniors and 19s I'd, I'd be surprised if I'd won as many grand finals as I'd lost I'd have to go back and try to think about it. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose you go through a team, or you don't have to name all the positions, but go through a team who you would think, um, I suppose, in positions who the, the best guys you've played with. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, and a lot of them, you, you asked that question, sort of gave me some prep work to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to have a think about it. So I've had, had a bit of time, and um, you sort of said, who's the best, best team and who's the best coach? Well, the coach for me was probably Dan Daly. Yep. He was very regimented in what he did. Um, also found Duffy to be a good coach. Um, and we had, had a few coaches going through the, you know, Matty Jones and those sort of guys yeah, as yeah. well. But I'd have to single out Dan Daly out of all of them as, yep. as, as being the best and, and Duffy not far behind him. They they were different sort of coaches, but, you know, they, they still stand out. So It's funny with coaches too because some coaches inspire them more than – being a technical coach? Dan just scared the shit out of me. No, so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's inspiration. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, was, <laughs> I, know there's, I suppose the old thing when they talk about Wayne Bennett, that he's a man manager and people want to play for him. And, Correct. And some of the coaches that I played for, Matt Jones is a good one. Mm. I always wanted to play well because I'm going to let Matt down. Yep. And when he's yelling at you from the sideline saying you've given away two penalties in the first four minutes, you're not doing it anymore, then you sort of take notice of that. Yep. So yeah. And Mick Daly, because I suppose when I was 19, Mick Daly was my coach, and it was very very similar to that. I looked up to Mick a lot as a fellow front rower, and you didn't want to upset him um, yeah. or disappoint him, I suppose, in doing something wrong or being slack. So yeah. so not maybe so much technical as Mick was. but So probably the best side I played in was that under-18s year with, with Dan. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't remember all the players. It's a shitload of uh, years ago, but I, I'd go with uh, you know Mick Daly, obviously, Sean Dredge. Yep. Uh, Troy Tokadillis, uh, Georgie Rosa. We just had strength across the park. And yep. we played really well the whole season and just unfortunately tripped over at the last hurdle yeah. being the grand final. The best side I can think of um, from my years that I could pick players out would be probably uh, Tony Austin at fullback. Yep. I remember I was... I never seen him play. 
Oh, I remember him, I they, they kicked off to him one game and he caught the ball at fullback and ran the length of the field and scored within 50 seconds or something of the kickoff. Because um, I, I started 94. Right. And I never seen him play. Yeah. So unless he did it a couple of reserve grade or A grade then, but I just don't remember. I remember everyone talking about how good he was, yep. but he must have stopped by then. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'd have Oz at uh, fullback, Dave Sweeney and um, Benny Long yep. on the wings. Um, Peter White and Crab Coronas. Yep. In the centres, Geordie Laurie and Snitso, uh, five eight and halfback. Yep. Chris Trevor at lock, Dave Weenart and Lloyd House, Brian Rendell and Duffy as the props, and Greg Holmes, um, in the hook position. Yep. And if you go through that team, for me, you know a lot of these players were A grade when I was under 18s. Yep. And you would look up to them, and they were playing Capras and um, Queensland residents and all that yep. sort of stuff. So, you know, obviously. Um, extremely good players in their in their time. Yeah. I don't know how they'd go today because today is a lot more. I wouldn't say it's a more physical. It's a bit more physical back then, but these days the players seem to be fitter. Yep. Um, there seems to be a lot more cardio training. We uh, I don't remember doing a lot of cardio training. Peter White was coach one year, and I remember doing the run from Chanel College up to the Rocky Glen, and then running up and down Fast Street a couple of times, and then running into pretty much the. Um, Gladstone Waterfront, and then back to Chanel College again. Yeah. A couple of us used to hide at the Rocky Glen and wait for them to start running back. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't really into the fitness side of things. Um, yeah. I, I, people say to me, do you miss rugby league? And I said, well, I don't miss Tuesday and uh, Thursdays, training yeah. nights. I don't, I don't miss them at all. I miss the, the smell of Denker rub. I miss the shed, coming back to the shed after a win. Yeah. Um, the beers, the barbecues. There, there's certain aspects of the game that I miss. The bus trips to Rocky and... Mainly the bus trips on the way back from Rocky, stopping yeah. at the Raglan Hotel and the Mount Larkham Hotel, and then dropping us off at the Grand. And yep. so yeah, I miss there's certain aspects of the game I miss. I don't miss Tuesday and Thursday nights though. Uh, training nights weren't the best. I used to like training, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, I think it was the thought about going to training before you got there. Once you were there, you were settled in. But yeah, you know, you'd knock off work at five o'clock. You go, oh, shit, you know, got to be at um, got to be at the ground by six o'clock. Yeah. And if you didn't get to the ground at six o'clock on on the dot. And you had Whitey or someone as a coach, you had to do bloody laps of the field and all that sort of shit while everyone else warmed up. So yeah, you made sure you were there on time. All right. Funny players or funny stories. Do you remember any players? I know we talked previously about Mac Baker. Yeah, Mac, he'd be my... He's just... I don't know. He, No matter what the situation was, Mac, he could find light out of it. Yep. When I got into a blue at the Grand Hotel one time, Mac, he just come across and said, what are you doing, idiot? And I said, oh, he's with my ex-missus. And he said, what are you going to do that with every bloke she stands with? And I went, yeah, pretty good call that. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, Mackie was just one of those blokes that could you know, turn a situation around pretty quickly. Yep. Um, he was a great loss, actually. I, I heard he was ill. Um, and not long after that, I heard he'd, uh, his funeral had been and gone. And I missed it. I, that's definitely one of the ones I would have come back for from yep. Brisbane. Um, Betty and Paul, you know, I, there's, there's certain people that, obviously stick out in your mind through sporting clubs. And when I heard Betty had passed, there was no second thought about that one. I just jumped yep. in the car and came straight up for it. So, um, but yeah, definitely Mackie. He, yep. he certainly stands out in my mind as the, as the funny larrikin that, but you'd love him in your team too. He was always there to uh, yeah. back you up in everything, uh, whether it be, you know, play or whether it be uh, a blue. Yep. He was always standing there beside you. So you're always glad to have Mackie in your team. Yep. All right. Uh, moving forward. You left town in 2002 or 2001? 2001, yeah. I got transferred by Ergon back down to Brisbane. 
Um, so I went back down there in 2001. And the wife had already thrown away the mouth guard, the shoulder pads, the boots, uh, yep. the whole kit. And said, oh, that's you're, you're you done. shoulder pads? Yeah. You did, I remember that. I did. <laughs> well, I'd smashed my shoulder, so I, I didn't have a choice after that. But um, oh, They went out in the 80s, that's all right. You no, can't... no, no. I used to wear the, the, the Chief Harrigan ones, actually. Oh, swooshy. Back in the under-12s, I wore the uh, Peter Sterling ones, I think they were, Stevens. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the ribs on sort of thing. But, you know, I went to the, the Chief Harrigan ones after yep. that. Yeah. So what else has happened in the last 20 years? Any more sport in between there? Maybe a little bit of Union in Brisbane? No, I played Union, played Union in Brisbane uh, for East uh, and Norths down there. Um, I went to league training with brothers down there, but they were doing this massive road run and then up and down, jumping up these levels on their sporting field. And I kind of went back to the car. and We did some training here. and I kind of thought I was fairly fit, but got down there and realised that the, the, the gap between Brisbane Brothers and Gladstone Brothers was quite uh, wide. So I went, yeah, that's that's not for me. So I played a bit of rugby down there. Yeah. Uh, they weren't so big on the fitness because we had rucks and balls and line-outs and stuff. So you you got a bit more of a break as a forward. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, played the rah-rah down there. And then that was 94, 95, 96, came back here in 97 and played yep. back for Brothers again. So, yeah, just uh, other sport. I was playing indoor cricket down there, a bit of outdoor cricket, uh, golf, which I'm still still playing, but uh, play not well. Oh, I'm off 18. Oh, makes my nine sound very a lot better. Nine. Right. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I can do is hit it long. I just don't know which way it's going yeah. long. You know, sometimes it goes left, sometimes it goes right. And every now and again, it goes down the middle. But yeah. That's overrated, that playing off your own fairway, I've found. Makes right. it too easy. Now, remember your mum used to have a Ford Cobra? She did, yes. So, and I believe you've got one or two hidden around, and you might be president of a hard top club in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So president, president of the Falcon Cobra Club of uh, of Queensland. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Mum bought the Cobra brand new from you for Ford here in Gladstone in nineteen seventy eight. Yep, paid twelve and a half grand for it. Uh, used to drop us off to school and do burnouts down the road in it. Um, to a point where my sister and I said, "Yeah, look, you know, drop us off a couple of blocks short of school if you don't mind." Um, so yeah, she kept on promising that to me and that went on for about 20 years every time i'd sort of find one to buy she go no 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 you get mine one day so they only made 400 of them so I, I i'd found a couple and she kept on telling me no don't be stupid so finally in 2018 she handed over the keys um, i left it for 12 months and then decided i was going to fully restore it so took it off the road for 12 months and threw seventy-five thousand dollars at it yep um they're now selling for about 300000 so it was a pretty good investment, that one. So you should have bought all those ones back in the day and got your mums and Well, I bought <laughs> mums' is number 153. I bought number 155 in 2013 because I just yep. got sick of waiting. I paid seventy grand for it. Everyone said I was mad. And then I spent another 30000 fully restoring it and giving it back to how it should be. Someone had taken the aircon out and other things they'd changed to it. So I took it back to original specs. And then so it owed me a hundred grand and some bloke offered me 200000 So I sold that and I bought an XAGT hardtop, which is uh, one of one in Ready Mix Orange, and it was 200 grand, so I bought that. And now I've been offered 350 for it, but I'm not ready to part with it yet. So, yeah, so they weren't bought as an investment. They were just bought because, obviously, my parents, uh, having one all those years, sort of that it had instilled something in me that um, inspired me to own one. So I didn't buy as an investment. I bought them to drive them and enjoy them. Yep. And uh, if they turn into a, a good investment, so be it. But, yeah, not, not the reason I bought them in the first place. Yep. Oh, sweet. All right, that's about it. How was that? Back Excellent. The shed? Yeah, I oh, might love the shed. It's uh, yeah, a lot of good memories back here. Yeah.
barbies. Like mostly Smithy and I would stand out here cooking this massive big barbecue, which I, I don't see here anymore. But yeah, um, Paul and I used to come back to start the barbie early. The Dan Daly would supply us with the uh, the steaks, which were uh, I don't know how they got them that thin actually. Um, <laughs> but, but with old rib fillet, it's probably good that it's that thin. Otherwise, you just tear them bread apart trying to get the steak out of it. So uh, yeah, no, no, a lot of good memories back here. Um, Ended up back here a few mad Mondays after every other pub we'd been to and out to yeah. the ground to thank the referees and, yeah, different uh, different periods of time. But, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm glad the shed still exists, actually. It's been here for a long time, so good to yeah, see it still going. Um, Dave Hearn's doing some good stuff about having race days here and just with the boys and uh, getting jumping castles and bringing the kids down. And, yep. Um, and a lot of people just stop in for a couple of hours and uh, have a few beers and then leave. But... Um, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good to get it back in. We'll I'm hearing real positive life. things about Dave. He's uh, doing really good things up here. I heard, heard that his uh, his heart is uh, it bleeds brothers. So that's that's a great thing to to have in the club is someone that's going to prepare. Like when I was back in my day, you had the people that put in. It was uh, you know Paul Smith. He he'd go and get the ice. He'd get the beers. He'd strap people. You had Snitzer. You had Berkey. You, you know you had that that really strong uh, base. Yep. Of ex-players and and uh, you know a lot of more parents of current players and all that sort yeah. of stuff as well, which helps. So when you've uh, you've got clubs with those type of people with with you know club at heart, then it really helps. Yeah, I think Dave was a right guy to take over from Paul Smith. Mm. But um, all right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for that. No worries. Lucky I got you in town. Yep, no all worries, right. guys. Good good to Cheers. talk. All right, thank you. Cheers. Oh, stop.